0: You're about to experience a powerful and life-changing message. We expect God's Word to accomplish in your life the very thing that He sent it out to do. Hebrews chapter 13, we're going to look together to verse 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness, conversation having to do with your manner of life, including your verbal conversation. Let your conversation be without covetousness. and Be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. He, God, has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So God made a promise, and that is our focus on this particular verse, the latter part of the verse. God has said, I will never leave thee. And I will not forsake you. Now, in all of our lives, perhaps we have been left hanging, perhaps we've been left by someone leaving us a father, a mother, or a son, or a daughter, or a family member. Somehow relationships were splintered, or people left us, uh, forsook us, a friend perhaps forsaking you. And all uh, of our lives, somehow, someway, some way, at some season or point in our life, we've had someone to forsake us. Someone you had confidence in, someone you would think would stay with you, hang with you. Uh, actually, the Apostle Paul said uh, that all men forsook me at one point. He said, all men forsook me. But he said, the Lord stood with me. In other words, God was with him When everyone had forsaken him. But God has declared that he will never leave you. Nor forsake you. So if anyone left, it was you. If anyone forsook, it was you. It wasn't God. And your relationship with God, you can depend on him. You can rely upon him. You can trust him. He is always faithful. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Uh, So that we may boldly say... The next verse, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. So he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, so that you may then boldly say, the Lord is my helper. Now, uh. I think probably all of us have had those instances where we have been left hanging, so to speak. Someone was supposed to help us with a project or help us do something and they didn't show up or they didn't do their part. They didn't uh, take, take seriously enough uh, the part that they had to play and, and they forsook you or they left you or they didn't help you. But the Lord will never leave you that way. Uh, you know, in my... Uh, Time here coming to Las Vegas when we first moved here. My wife and I we were married in August. We came here uh, in the month of November, and we started the church uh, the first Sunday of December. And uh, so, that was two big uh, things to endeavor to do: get married and start a church. And uh, so, and they were pretty close together: August and December. But we moved here in November and we were looking for a place to live and a house to live in and, uh, you know, our uh, where we thought we would be able to pay at the time. You know, we didn't really have any promise of income or anything, uh, really. Uh, so we just trusted God and we come in here believing God would provide and He did. And so uh, we didn't think we could afford but so much. So we, we had our price range. We were looking for a house and... You know, I called this guy, the number in the paper there, and I called the guy, and, and he said, uh, Don't leave me high and dry. You know, that was his really rough, gruff voice. Don't leave me high and dry. And so I understood what he meant. Don't, I don't want to show up and you not be there. And that wasn't my nature, so uh, if I said I'd be there, I'll be there. And so, uh, anyway, I said, I'll be there. So I'll be there at a certain time we showed up. And uh, he showed up, and actually I was ahead of him. And so uh, when, when he showed up and went into the house, it didn't take me long to look at that house. <laughs> so I think I better raise my faith level a little bit here because <laughs> uh, this is not where I want to live. And so, so we did, and God provided a, a nice little house for us to live in to rent. And uh, so we lived in that house for a number of years. And so, uh, my point in telling you that is that he said, don't leave me high and dry. In other words, don't leave me hanging. And so, in your life, you don't want to be left hanging. You don't want to show up and uh, the other person that was supposed to be there doesn't show up. Or you don't want to be doing a project and they don't help you when they were assigned to the same project. How many can say amen, right? You want them to be responsible and you need to be responsible, right? Right. So if I'm talking to either one of those, just take your medicine, right? In other words, if you're not faithful, be faithful. Change it. If you are faithful, thank God you are. And believe God for the right people around you to be faithful as well. And you can get more done when everybody does their job, can't you? All right, that's just a little side journey, so we'll leave that one alone. All right. All right, so he said... The Lord is my helper. In other words, if God has committed himself, he will show up. If God has committed himself to help you to do something, he will show up. The Lord is my helper. And then he says, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. In other words, God is going to be there. He'll be on time. He'll be there with what it takes to get the job done. And he's going to help you get it done. Praise God. And you don't have to fear what men shall do to you. You don't have to be afraid of people. Now, to give you a good example, you know, because we've been talking about uh, living free from fear, having no fear in your life. And so in this case, he said, I will, I will help you and I'll be there so that you don't have to be afraid of what people will do. Now, let's go to uh, 1 Samuel uh, 17 and we see a good example of uh, no fear. In 1 Samuel 17, uh, we'll begin with verse uh, 41. Just to give you a little background of the story, David was a shepherd boy, a shepherd boy who took care of his father's sheep. He was like a teenager, and so he's taking care of his father's sheep. His uh, Saul, the king, had called men up to go to war, and so he had uh, his brothers, had two brothers that went uh, to the battlefield. With King Saul. And so uh, then the Philistine army was uh, out there. And uh, of course their uh, the army of Israel was there uh, to confront. And uh, there was a big man named Goliath. He was a giant. And so he comes out. And he starts... Uh, intimidating the children of Israel with his voice. And so he's striking fear in the hearts and minds of the children of Israel. And all of the children, I mean, you know, as far as the armies of Israel, they were afraid. Saul himself, great man of war, but he was afraid. He's hiding out in the tent, and they're all afraid of this Goliath and the Philistines because of this giant that is out there intimidating them and just doing that day after day. And David shows up, and he had been sent by his father, the commission of his father, and his father had sent him to do what? To carry his uh, some bread and some cheese and to, the, to the leader of their company, so to speak, so that uh, he would would be able to check out how his brothers were doing so he comes out there and and he hears this uh, Goliath out there defying the armies of God and so he said who is this uncircumcised Philistine Which, which which actually means that this man out there has no covenant with God and he's defying the armies of God and who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he would defy the armies of the living God so, David just was stirred up in his heart. He had a spirit of faith that said, This is not right. We got the armies of God hiding out in fear. And when the voices of fear come against your life, the voices of fear come against your mind, and they will. When they come against your mind, you got to have a spirit of faith that says, Who is this that would defy the armies of God? Who is this that would defy uh, the children of God or the people of God? Who is this that would uh, speak against me? And so, David said, I'll do it. And so Saul, they told Saul, the king said, uh, this young man, he said he would go out against uh, that Philistine, that, that giant, Goliath. He'll go out there. And so Saul calls him up, calls him in, and uh, he talks to David. And David said, I'll go out there. He said, I've, ki- I- I- I've killed a bear and I've killed a lion, and the Lord will deliver me, deliver him into my hand. In other words, he knew that God was with him so that he could boldly say, the Lord's my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. So he knew that God was with him when he killed the bear. He knew the Lord was with him and on him. The anointing was on him to kill that lion. He said, now, uh, I believe God will deliver him into my hand. So Saul was going to dress him up in uh, Saul's armor. He got, you know, put a coat of mail on him, put, you know, sword and everything. He's ready to go, except for David says, I've not proved them. He said, I I can't go out there like this. He said, I'll just take my my sling and and five smooth stones. He put put them in his pouch. He's only going to take one, but I got five as a backup. Right? Right? So he, he put that in his pouch, and he's got his sling, and he goes out there. And this is where we'll pick up the story. When he gets out there to face Goliath, verse 41, And the Philistine came and drew near unto David, and the, the man that bare the shield went before him. In other words, he's this huge man, and, and he takes another man out there just to have a shield in front of him. And so... Verse 42, and when the Philistine looked about, he saw David and disdained him. Man, for he was but a youth. So here's this teenager out there, ready to fight Goliath. He says, and ready and a fair countenance. Who are you? And the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that thou comest to me with uh, with?" Uh, saves and, and the Philistine cursed uh, David by his gods. In other words, he, he acknowledged his gods. And he cursed David. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. And what does he say next? Then said David, David responded. In other words, you got to talk back to your giant. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. You might come against me with a sword and spear and a shield, but I'm coming against you in the name of the Lord. He said, This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and and take thine head from thee. And he said, And I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines. He said, Not only your carcass, but the whole army. I'm going to give all of your carcasses This day unto the fowls of the air. The Philistines said, I'm going to let your carcass be fed to the fowls of the air. And David said, no, you and all the armies, your carcasses are going to be eaten by the fowls of the air. And the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. That everybody will know. We're still talking about it. I said that everybody will know, and we're still talking about it. Everybody will know, and we're still talking about it. David killed Goliath. Come on. There is a power that is greater than the strength of a man. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. It is by the spirit of the Lord. David knew that he had more than his own strength his own energy his own power he knew that he had the spirit of God on him and he said I'm going to feed your flesh to the carcasses and your carcasses to the birds and to the wild beasts so that everybody will know there is a God in Israel and all, his, and all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Now here's this teenager running at this giant. He said, he ran at the giant. Never run at your giant giant with your mouth shut. In other words, he said what he was going to do. I'll take your head off today. Right? I'm going to feed your flesh and the flesh of all the Philistine armies to the birds of the air and the wild beasts. So he runs at the giant. Verse 49, and David put his hand in his bag while he's running and took thence a stone and slang it and smote the Philistine in his forehead that the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face to the earth. You know, it was covered everywhere else, so he picked the spot. Big sh... Big shield, got this coat of mail, weighed about almost 200 pounds, just the, uh, the coat. <laughs> and he's got all this armor on, all over him. And David said, I see a sweet spot right there. <laughs> right in his forehead. Sunk that stone in his forehead. He fell flat on his face. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him but there was no sword in the hand of David therefore David ran and stood upon uh, the Philistine You know, he's got this little teenager running up to him and he runs up and just gets on top of him pulls his sword out man you gotta have a, you gotta have the spirit of God or you're crazy alright <laughs> He cuts his head off. Actually, and he comes and holding his head. This is the report. He's dead. So, so here David cuts his head off. And now all of the Philistines fled. Well, when they're scared now, they're no longer the dominant force. So now... The children of Israel were emboldened. The armies of Israel were emboldened, and they chased after them. So one voice of faith can turn the tide. Here's David with a spirit of faith right in the middle of the army of Israel, fearful, afraid. But David had a different spirit about him. He had a spirit of faith. What does it say of David? David. He believed and therefore he spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. In other words, you got to have a spirit of faith yourself. And when the voices of fear come against your mind or come against your life, when those voices of fear come against you, then you have to have a spirit of faith that rises up on the inside and a voice of faith. And say, who is that uncircumcised for listening? A spirit of faith that says, who do you think you are? And who do you think you're talking to? In other words, you are a child of God that God has come to live on the inside. Inside of you, and the Lord is with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you, so that you may what boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Even if you're a big giant and you're intimidating all the rest of them with fear, I will not fear what man shall do unto me. I will go out against him. So, David, he went out there, and when Goliath is talking trash, he just talked right back to it. And actually talk to bigger game. You say you're going to feed my little flesh. I'm going to feed your big flesh and all the rest of the army of the Philistine to the birds of the air. So he talked back to the giant. You got to talk back to your giants. And many of your giants are between your ears. They're in your head. And so you got to talk back to those giants that make you fearful or intimidate you and tell you to back up and back down and quit and give up. Thank God you got to stand up and tell the devil to shut up. Amen. you got to speak up and tell the devil to shut up. you got to stand and speak and declare and say, I will boldly say, the Lord is my helper. Amen. The Lord will deliver him into my hands. The Lord will deliver you. He talked right to the giant. He said, the Lord will deliver you into my hands. So that they know it was not for his own pride. Even his brothers, older brother, accused him of just being naughty and prideful in his own heart. But he said, no, it's not about my pride. It's about there is a God in Israel, and I want everybody to know it. I want the armies of of the Philistines to know it, and I want everybody to know that there is a God in Israel. And I don't want them to hear that Saul and all the army were afraid of Goliath and all the Philistine armies. That is a spirit of faith. Thank you, Jesus. There's always some intimidating voice or voices that'll try to intimidate you and back you down. You know, some of you remember the bullies in school. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. And so they're always going to intimidate you. And I, as a kid, you know, I was always really a runt, a small statue, and still, small statue. It's not how big you are on the outside, it's how big you are on the inside, I So, Smith Wigglesworth said, I'm a thousand times bigger on the inside than I am on the outside. So, as a kid, you know, people would just pick on me. I lived in the projects, and so fighting was uh, the norm. It was just kind of the lifestyle of some people's mentality. Fighting was the normal lifestyle. This is what we do. We talk trash, and then we fight. And so, it's just crazy, you know. So, they would pick on me sometimes as a kid, so I learned to defend myself. I learned self-defense. So, you know, they would pick a fight. I never started them. I just wasn't that natured, you know, to start it, but I would finish it if necessary. (laughs) So, I learned to fight to defend myself. And so, you know, after a while, you make a name for yourself, you know, that people know. If you mess with him, he's little, but if you mess with him, he's going to fight back. And you might get him on the ground, but he's coming up. <laughs> so I had this neighbor kid. He just moved in, you know. So we scrapped, you know. But, you know, after they, they try to pick a fight with you, and then after you, you show your stuff, then they, they want to be your friends. So we became friends. We were friends from then on. <laughs> First fight, it's over, now we're friends. And we were friends, you know, growing up. So, he never fought me again. I never fought him. We just hang out. So, but later, you know, it was like in the fifth grade. In fifth grade, you know, I had this guy. He was a little intimidated. It was a different part of town, you know. He was a little, he talked trash. Well, this guy that uh, I'm talking about, he... uh, he was a, a little actually one grade lower i don't know if he failed a grade but he was a little grade a grade lower and so so this guy started talking trash to him man and he didn't even wait he just smacked him and <laughs> and so that guy was always talking trash and you know he never did that again he got over that you know <laughs> that disorder all right so, so He just got over it. (laughs) And so sometimes the devil, the devil will try to intimidate you. And he'll try to make you feel like uh, you're you're afraid. And and you won't move forward and you won't do things uh, that you are created to do. And be who you're created to be. He'll try to intimidate you and back you down. Because he's a bully. But bullies, are, they'll back down when you stand up to them. So the devil will back down if you'll stand up. Amen? And, and Goliath, finally, he did fall down. He didn't back down, so he fell down. You, either way, you're going down. You back down or you fall down. So Goliath fell down. Fell down dead. So we have a great Bible story. To teach you that you can win. No matter how big the giant, no matter how big the voice and how intimidating the voice, there is a voice of faith that arises up on the inside of you that says, devil, you can't whip this. Come on, because God's living in me. If God be for me, who can be against me? Remember last week, what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? If God's on your side, who can win against you? God is on your side. The Lord will deliver you into my hands. God said, I'll never leave you, nor forsake you, so that you may what? Boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me, no matter how big they are. The old saying, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. All right, so, you know, it was a long drop. It was over nine feet tall. You know, it's a long fall. If you're short, at least it doesn't hurt as web when you go down. So... So here's David giving us a great example of standing up to the intimidating voices that come against your life. Well, we have a great example in the person of Jesus. I want you to go with me to Luke chapter 4, please. Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Jesus is in the wilderness... Thank you, Jesus. And we'll just give you a little little story in between this. The children of Israel had just been delivered from Egypt. Egyptian bondage. They come out of bondage. And so they came out of Egypt, and they're in the wilderness. Moses gave commandment to 12 spies. Each one of them was a ruler. He said, In their different tribes, so 12 tribes and 12 spies, and they sent in 12 spies into the land of Canaan to spout the land to see what sort it was, to see if uh, who was in the land, uh, uh, if they were uh, strong or weak, or if they they had walled cities, or uh, just to see what kind of land it was and what the people were that were there, uh, to see what we got to deal with when we get there. So they come back. Ten of them said, there's walled cities over there. Man, there are giants over there, giants. So, while they're talking, Caleb speaks up. He said, hey, we're well able to take the land. We're well able. In other words, he had a spirit of faith like David. Spirit of faith that says, we're well able to take the land. Well, uh, you know, they... they uh, those people that were so discouraged because of the ten spies and the evil report—the uh, the scripture calls it an evil report of unbelief—they came back with an evil report of unbelief, and, and the whole company of people uh, of Israel they got discouraged, and it says that they wept all night. Now you got to be discouraged if you got cry, crying all night, so they cried all night long. Next day. Joshua and Caleb, they still had a spirit of faith. Two spies had a spirit of faith. And they, uh, they stood up and said, come on, guys, we can do this. If the Lord delights in us, we're, we can go in and we can take this land. And those giants over there, they're like bread for us. So they had a spirit of faith. It was a different spirit. Actually, the Scripture says in Numbers there, it says that, uh, that Caleb had another spirit with him. Had a different kind of spirit which was a spirit of faith, just like David had a spirit of faith. A spirit of faith will talk up instead of down. A spirit of faith will talk forward instead of backwards. A spirit of faith will talk uh, your enemy down instead of you being talked down. You know, the devil will try to talk you out of your faith, talk you out of confidence, talk you out of your ability, talk you out of the God who has promised I'll never leave you nor forsake you so that you may boldly say the Lord is my helper. So the devil will try to talk you down. But you've got to remember who's with you. Touch your neighbor and say, God's with you. you. Say say this, God's for you. Amen. Amen. Listen, God's not just with you. He's for you. He's in you. Wow. He'll he'll go before you. He's your rear guard. He's on your right. He's on your left. He's taking care of business. David said, the battle is the Lord's. It's not mine. It's the Lord's. The Lord's on my side, and I'm going in, and I'm going to take him down, but it's really the Lord's hand upon me, and God helps me to sling it right in the sweet spot. Sweet spot to me. (laughs) Hell to pay for you. All right, so... So the giant went down for the last time. Come on. So we're in Luke. Are you in Luke now? Find your spot. Verse 1. Luke chapter 4, verse 1. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Listen, if you're going in the wilderness, you need to be full of the Holy Ghost. Stay filled with the Holy Spirit. Be being filled, the Apostle Paul admonishes. Be being filled, be filled continuously with the Holy Spirit. Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness and being 40 days tempted of the devil. Notice 40 days tempted of the devil. Sometimes we think of it as the last day the devil finally said something. You know the devil didn't wait till the last day he said being 40 days tempted of the devil in those days he did eat nothing and when they were ended he afterward hungered and the devil said unto him if thou be the son of God command this stone that it be made bread Command this stone to be made bread. So he questions Jesus. He questions his identity. He said, if you're the son of God, command these stones to be made bread. Jesus immediately responds, and Jesus answered him saying, it is written. He didn't say, well, you know, I could do that if I wanted to, but, uh, but I think I can. I'm not, well, maybe, maybe I can't. No, he didn't go into any discourse. He just said, this is the way it is. It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Wow. Man shall not live by bread alone. You know you need bread to live. You might go 40 days. You might even double it, but we want to see you. So we want you to go ahead and eat, right? We want you to live your life out, so you better eat something at a certain point. Because physically, your body was not made to fast forever. Right? Most people have never tried that. So, all right. So so here, Jesus, at the end, Jesus responds to uh, the devil. In this time, really naturally weak, physically weak, but spiritually, something inside is strong. Full of the Holy Ghost going in, he's full of the Holy Ghost. When he comes out. He said man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word of God. In other words I'm not yielding to that. He went right to the word. He answered with the word. And you got to have the word of God in your heart. To answer it with your mouth. And he had a spirit of faith. Obviously Jesus did. He's our example right. I remember as, a, as really a teenager. I, I was still a teenager. But I'd worked in the grocery store. Uh, for uh, a few years. And I'd done other jobs, uh, you know, as a teenager and as a kid to make money. And, and uh, so, but then I was working in this grocery store for a few years. And so the uh, manager of the store, he was trying to encourage me about making it a career. So, and I appreciated it. It was very kind of him. He was encouraging me to make it a career. And so he said, you know, you should go through grocery training. And, and I went through grocery training. Then I went through produce training. You know, I'm doing some of this while I'm in high school. and went through produce training. Then I just had graduated. I'm still going through the produce training. Then I would go to the meat training department, meat department train, And then I would go back to the grocery department. And you could go to assistant manager and then be eventually store manager. So that was kind of the the way you did it. All right, so he talked to me and encouraged me to go through the different uh, areas of training. Well, then... I knew in my heart, because I had been called to the ministry as, a, as a, a teenager, and so I knew in my heart I needed to go to Bible school. I knew that was my destiny. I knew that was where I was headed. And so uh, I, they, he was kind of pushing me that direction. I just felt I need to just kind of pull out of this for a short season because I'm planning to go to Bible school. So my brothers, both of my brothers were in uh, building. They were builders. And so... Uh, I just said, well, I'll work a short stint there, and uh, then I'll go off to Bible school. So I'm going to resign my position. And, and so I was, talked to the manager about it, and I said, you know, uh, i am decided I'm going to resign. And, and I, I didn't tell him. I'm called to the ministry. I didn't want to go into all the spiritual thing, you know, because I know they don't get it. So they didn't. So I, I just went for the natural and just said, this is what I'm going to do. And so I told him, and then he brings in the supervisor over 16 stores. And, and uh, he comes in, and he wants to talk to me along with the manager. And he says, "Now, I, 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 we really would like for you to stay, and we want to make an offer to you. If you will just stay, give me six months. The super, supervisor said, if you give me six months, I'll make you an assistant manager, get you an assistant manager position if i don't do that within 6 months i'll give you 2 weeks paid vacation we never had a, a paid vacation i was a part-time employee sometimes worked full time but didn't get paid you know and didn't have the benefits so so here we are he said i'll give you 2 weeks paid vacation i said well you know i very much appreciate the offer thank you very much and so uh, but i have determined that this is uh, my decision and thank you for your offer and so I was in the conversation. Of course, he said a few other things, you know, because I was going to go into construction. He's starting to tell him, you know, uh, you might not be able to f- feed your kids and take care of your family. And I, I'm not married, don't have any kids, but he's telling me, you know, it's your future. You may not be able to uh, take care of things, you know. And, and so he goes through a few of those and he's trying to convince me. So he, he tried the other way, entice me, and then he said, well, you know, you might fail in life so he tried that direction that didn't work of course I appreciate it believe me I appreciated both uh, of these gentlemen trying to encourage me in, in that way but it was just not the will of God for my life and so I remember uh, like the last day uh, the Holy Spirit was just stirring this verse of scripture in my heart last day Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Now, his voice was, uh, you might not achieve, you're not going to have enough, you know, you know. But God was saying, man shall not live by bread alone. You know, I remember that like it was yesterday. Why? Because it's something that's spiritual, it's real, it's something that uh, God spoke up in my heart. And I knew God was talking to me. So that, uh, you know, when the voice of fear is coming one direction to your mind from the outside... The voice of faith is rising up on the inside. The Holy Spirit is always, is always faithful to bring the Word of God to your remembrance, to defy the enemy's voice. Amen? So, the next deal here, what what happens next? The devil said again, it didn't work that way, so he tries another one. And the devil, taking him up into a high mountain, showed him, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, all this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I, I will give it. If thou therefore will worship me, all shall be thine. In other words, the devil just offered him all the kingdoms of the world. Now, you say, well, that's not a real temptation. The devil couldn't give it to him. Yeah. Well, the devil is referred to in Scripture as the god of this world. And also, Adam, who was in charge of this earth and this world... Gave over a dominion, and authority, and so here's the devil saying, "I'll give you all the kingdoms of this world." I remember that uh, uh, that store manager, very considerate man, I, 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 in the sense of he knew that I didn't have a dad, and uh, he 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 knew that I was a, a good worker and that I had potential. And so uh, one night after, because he was trying to convince me after work out in the parking lot, he pulled out his bonus check and he said. Look, you could have this in your life. This could, this could happen for you. And, you know, he's a very private man. This is not bragging at all. This is not this man's personality. He was just trying to help me as a young man to make a decision to stay with the company. You know, so he's saying, this, this could happen for you. Well, again, I appreciated that. But all the offers in the world, when you're called of God to preach the gospel... It doesn't matter how much money or how much success or how many achievements or whatever the world could offer you. Listen, I don't want to sell out to the world for my soul. Amen? I'm not going to sell out to the world. I mean, for somebody else, it might be perfectly uh, in line for them to do it. But for me, that was not the will of God for my life. The will of God for me was to go to Bible school train for the ministry, and do the will of God and preach the gospel. Amen? And so I'm just uh, using my, my own experience to illustrate here. You know, so when you have an offer that is contrary to the will of God in your life, when the devil is trying to entice you, you've got to have the answer of God in your mouth. Amen? He said, Get thee behind me, Satan, for that for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Everybody say, Him only. Him only shall I serve. So you got to make those decisions in your life. You will have opportunities in the corporate world or wherever. You have opportunities to not do the right thing, to choose the wrong thing. In other words, it's okay to go up in the corporate world, but you don't have to lie and cheat and, and mistreat and abuse other people in order to do it. No, God wants you to succeed. He just don't, He wants you to do it in the right way. He wants you to be a man or a woman of a char- of character and to go up the ladder in the right way and just know God put you there. If God puts you there, nobody else can bring you down. Amen. If you put yourself there, you you know the run in the ladder might break and you might break the rest of them going down. But if the Holy Spirit directed your steps and God puts you in a place of influence and success, then God's able to keep you there and nobody can put you down. No matter what people do around you, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be fearful of human beings. Thank God you know that God is in your, in your corner and God's on your side. Does that make sense? All right, so the devil tries another one. And he brought him up uh, to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. Now the devil has gotten spiritual on Jesus. I mean, Consider this. You got the devil quoting the Bible verses from Psalm 91. And he actually quoted pretty good. I mean, he actually did a good job. But Jesus had another word. Even though the devil can quote the Bible, he may not always be doing it with the right motivation. You get it right. All right, so Jesus answering said unto him, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. So if anybody's jumping devil, it's you. I'm not. So... You have to have the answer of God in your mouth. Whatever the devil tempts you to do or how he attacks your mind, you want to know the Word of God to know how to respond. You want to speak back to the devil. But what do you speak? You don't carry on a long conversation. You just start speaking the Word. This is what the Word of God says. This is what the Word says. It is written. And know what's written. And when you do, it has the power to shut the devil down in your life. Can somebody say amen? Amen. And then it says the devil left him for a season. He was coming back around again. But just know this. If you have a bold confession of faith in God's Word, it has the power to resist the devil in your life.